Welcome to another episode of the Pin High Podcast, presented by Golficity. We've got a great ep- episode for you guys with a uh, special guest, Danny McCarthy, uh, who, who's played on the tour and the Corn Ferry tour as well. Um, and we're also going to be breaking down the Bermuda Championship from this past weekend. Brian Gay got it done, and we're previewing the Houston Open. So let's get into it. Okay, so um, just a little disclaimer. Danny McCarthy, not Denny. Not Denny McCarthy. Um, not to be confused with. But Brian Gay got it done in Bermuda this, this, uh, this week. The weather there looked really, really difficult. Um, Thursday and Friday, a lot of wind. And then it kind of calmed down on Saturday and Sunday for the weekend. So um, had- we were expecting like close to, what, 20-something under, like, like we were expecting a really low score. Mm. The winner ended up being 15 under, 15 under I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, the, I mean, it got a little bit easier on the weekend, but first two days was really windy and the wind I mean, gets these guys. You had Malnati on uh, Thursday go eight under because I guess maybe he played in the, in the morning or afternoon mm-hmm. or whatever. The weather wasn't that bad. And the next day he plays in some bad weather. He goes three over or four over one of the, one of those two. So I will say they played this, like they played these like really early, like they've all, all the like days finished they did. early, which was I remember uh, on Thursday. I, 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 I know it's like yesterday. I got a notification saying that Brian Gay won. It was like, well, that it was on during, it was finishing during the one o'clock window of yeah. uh, red zone during the so witching hour, switched, the I was witching like, hour. <laughs> during the witching hour. And I was like, Oh, okay. I need to switch to see who's going to win this. They're going into a playoff. Like, like I thought that I thought I had another like two hours, but I didn't. So, yeah, I remember I, I was, I, I was like in the office on Thursday and I, and I looked at my phone and like there was guys that were just like finished and I was looking to like bet on the winner. <laughs> but um Well yeah, the ending so. was crazy. Brian Gay Brian Gay was clutch coming down. Oh, he, oh, he, made, was he shot made eight under shot, both those shots yeah. in the playoff and the right and in the regulation. Playoff, Unreal. In the playoff, that putt that he made was insane. Yeah. Like ice in his veins. He made the putt. And then I was like, Well, Wyndham Clark had like a shorter putt, like Brian Gay was out and he made the putt. I'm like, Well, even though he has a shorter putt, I think he's going to miss this just because he's like wasn't expecting Gay to make that putt. So just well, exactly what happened. And and his shot, like his shot to go into the playoff, was like side hill lie. And he said after he hit, he said go in, and it like literally was like two feet away or like two like less than a foot from the cup. And you couldn't have two more different golfers in the playoff. Like like Brian Gay is like a finesse guy, like a very good ball striker. Like you know he's one of those guys, shorter hitter. And Wyndham Clark's kind of a bomber. So you had two like mm-hmm. complete difference of players in the in the final. Um, That's golf on the you. 18th hole, and like all the and the announcers like, yeah, I think Wyndham Clark has the advantage here on the 18th. Like. Um, longer hitter, like he's not gonna have, he's only gonna have like a wedge in. Like Brian Gay's gonna have a little bit more in, and like Brian Gay ended up pulling it out. So good for him. Mm, that's go for you. You can have anyone, anyone can win every, any given day, pretty much. Can, Just a nice little long hitter, short hitter, doesn't matter. Flex for you here. Um, I told everybody to pick Brian Gay last week at sixty three hundred. In 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 my, uh, I was I was like telling someone, I was telling what my lineup was. I didn't technically pick him in the DraftKings picks. You originally picked him in the DraftKings picks, and you you're like, you know what? I'm gonna make an aud- I'm gonna call an audible here. Yeah, you called an somebody audible. else, and then you mentioned his name, but like, yeah, if you didn't call an audible, you had the winner, like in your That's DraftKings tough. picks. But I like, I basically did because I, I was like, it, he's in my lineup. <laughs> so, either way, I made money this week in DraftKings. I so. mean, the, the one last thing I want to say about 
that tournament. Kind of a disappointing week for Brendan Todd. He didn't even make the cut. Um, defending champ, like we all thought he was going to play well, and he just he, he played pretty bad. Yeah, he, so, he was four over. People have their weeks. Maybe and Brendan Todd had his awesome. I've had the year of his life, and maybe so hope. I hope he keep, like, keeps playing well, but we'll see. Yeah. So that was a, that was a waste of salary on him, but I still made money. Um. So before we get into the betting, we did cover this in the in the. Uh, interview with with Danny McCarthy um but we didn't really say our opinions that much so our Monday hypothetical is how cold is too cold to play golf and also what's the coldest weather you've played in right so and I'm I'm, a I'm going team I'm going 20 I'm going 20s is like too cold 20s is too cold if you 20s see it thir- is very cold. I've played in, I, I've played in the 30s that's the lowest I played like I played Longshore, which is right on like the ocean, right on the sound for a high school match at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And it was windy, basically snowing. And it was Probably in March, freezing. right? Yeah, in March. It was freezing. And we still played. And we actually, we all of us like shot like under like 40. It was like we played really well somehow. Um, yeah. But it was just, it was miserable, miserable. That's probably I the coolest mean, I've, I remember being playing golf. I don't think. I don't think there's not like a, I don't think there's a too cold. I mean, obviously like if it's 20 degrees, I probably won't be like, Oh, let's go to the golf course. But like if someone asked me, I'd be like, eh, maybe um, if we'll I'm, see. if I'm, if I have to wear one, if I wear a beanie on the course, I know it's cold, but if I have to wear like more than if I'm wearing like a winter jacket or something, like, no, like, that's not worth it. If you have, if not, you, if you can't comfortably it. play in like yeah. a pullover, a little something on like, under under that and then also like you can wear like some under armor gear i would say i wore like i wore like an i wear some under armor but if you have to go past like a pullover like or like a heavy you know heavier pullover even like even like a hoodie yeah yeah. like the the hoodie the hoodie is hoodie with like an under armor is probably as far as you can go i mean yeah i don't like golfing before yeah before you're restricted before it's just not fun i will say we are big proponents of uh winter golf because oh we are when we go out at uh silver mine like there's no one ever out there and it's kind of great. Like, well, cause I mean, we're college students. We don't go to school for like six months out of the year. And like two of those months or like a month and a half of that is pretty much, uh, like during the, like the, the winter. I so mean, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, some December golf. Like I'm, I've been looking forward to it for a while. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, like, we just get to go out there. There's no one else out there. And it's just like, it's nice to, it's nice to do that. Like it's also nice global warming has been quite kind to us. Yeah, quite yeah. kind. Go- golfers love go- global warming. That's true. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. I mean, it's it's snowed overnight in Syracuse, and it's supposed to be seventy on Friday. So, I mean, as you know, far as my friends are, my, my friends are freak. My friends are freaking out tomorrow because I'm I'm playing at nine a.m. tomorrow morning. And there's gonna be forty eight degrees, and some of my friends are freaking out. So by ten, it's probably me like at least fifty five. No, it'll yeah, be fine. It'll like be fine. like like half of us are from like half of us are from New York or like no, further north and the rest are from the south and so half of us are freaking out and half of us are like this can be it's gonna be fine we'll be, we'll be chilling yeah so yeah. it's not bad um so pretty much and then yeah that pretty much covers the monday hypothetical uh so before we get into betting we're gonna transfer you over to the um interview with danny mccarthy it's a pretty good one i i, I enjoyed talking to him um so we're going to swing it over to that. So today we've got uh, Syracuse, New York's very own Danny McCarthy. 
uh, thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So um, just a little background. One of my uh, bosses at the Central New York PGA uh, is, is friends with Danny here. Um, caddy with him on tour for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple many uh, many moons ago, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was well, it was like the 2010 uh, U.S. Open at Pebble, right? Yeah, gosh, it, it's ten years ago now. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's told me a couple of stories from that, um, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so I know the Corn Ferry Tour season just ended. So what are you up to right now, and like when? When do you start uh, thinking about your schedule for next year? Uh, to be honest, I haven't been doing a whole lot of anything the last three weeks. Uh, just kind of getting into a routine with my off-season workouts and stuff like that. Uh, trying to look like Bryson DeChambeau when I come back. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And what's just, or I was okay. going to ask, what's your, where, where are you doing that? Where are you, uh, where are you practicing in Florida? Uh, I live down in West Palm Beach. Um, and I go to a gym called Coastal Performance. Uh, I've been with those guys for probably four or five years now. So um, every year we just try to iron things out and, and get a little stronger and, you know, maintain some mobility and stuff like that. So um, that's mainly been the focus the last three weeks. Uh, I just dusted off the clubs today for the first time and uh, since, we, since we ended. Um, so I'm going to start practicing again this week, just kind of get ready. But it was important for me to, uh, take a little time off. It was the season, uh, starting in June was pretty condensed, you know, all the right. way through. And so it was, it was kind of a grind. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, a lot of our listeners, uh, like we haven't had a pro golfer on before and they kind of want to know, like, what does a day in the life of a pro golfer look like, um, when you're not playing an event during a week, like what's your week kind of look like, how you like, how much you're practicing, how much you're playing, like stuff like that. Um, so when I when I'm at home and when I'm you know kind of starting to work on things for next season, uh, a normal day you know I'll probably get to the gym about eight o'clock in the morning, come home, uh, make breakfast, kind of chill out for a little bit and recover. Um, then I try to get to the course by eleven ish, uh, and you know I, I do a lot of playing. Um, you know I'm a member at a club down here called Bear Lakes, and there's there's some pros out there but there's a lot of really good amateur players that like to play games and stuff like that so uh you know i could play every day of the week if i wanted to uh but some days i kind of set aside just to practice for uh several hours and then maybe towards the end of the day i'll go out and play a quick nine and, and stuff like that it's it's mainly just how i'm feeling and and if something if i'm working on something new um you know i'll tend to spend a little more time on the range uh but overall that's not really my favorite thing to do I, I prefer to be out on the course and, and practicing under course conditions and stuff like that i, I don't like sitting there beating balls uh, for too mm -hmm. long i get a little bit bored <laughs> yeah i saw i saw recently that like bryson shambo now that you mentioned it he uh he like barely does any playing he said he he doesn't really like he saves that for tournaments and he's always just obviously tinkering with whatever he's got going in his head but mm -hmm. he's obviously just a different yeah, he's like different one of a kind weird <laughs> breed he, he certainly is I, I have a lot of respect for him you know he kind of he owns uh his whole process uh and obviously it works you know he's you know he got a, a major championship this year and and he's probably top three in the world rankings at this point i'm not sure what he's all the way up to but he's you know certainly uh in the in the discussion for one of the best players in the world right now 
That day, right. that, that, that day in the life sounds absolute. That's like my dream. Like just play <laughs> golf all day, practice all day, just hang out like in Florida. It sounds, that sounds amazing to me. Yeah. I I'm, I'm very that. fortunate. I'm very, <laughs> I have no complaints. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, what was your, what's your home course when you play up in Syracuse? Um, well, I grew up and learned to play at Drumlins. Um, okay. but during, during college and after college, I was a member at Bellevue Country Club right. for a few. Um, I maintained that for a few years after school, even when I was playing and traveling. Uh, but it just got to the point where I wasn't there enough anymore. Uh, but I loved it. It was it's a great club and a great course um, and all that. So, so you mentioned Drumlins. Are you familiar with uh, with the 18th hole in the West Course? <laughs> I am very familiar with it. I went to CBA for high school, and that was where we played right. high school. Matches, yeah, yeah. I, I saw them there like the other week when I uh, when I was playing that 18th hole is uh, I always say it's like the the grittiest 18th finish in, in golf. It's unique. That's a that's a tough shot. And uh, I'd be lying if I said I haven't hit one off the tennis building. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The first time I played, uh, I, th I think somebody like hit it left and didn't know that was there and thought they had like a car in the parking lot. <laughs> so that was yeah. That, that hole has a lot of interesting memories um no question i think god i think one night we were, when i was growing up we went up there and we probably shouldn't have been doing this but we were hitting drivers off of there just to see how far it would go <laughs> yeah you could probably almost clear the like one of the first holes on the other course but yeah yeah we were um, getting it pretty close to that there's like a row of pine trees between the first tee on the west and the first tee on the east right so we we're getting pretty close up to there yeah uh so we saw somewhere on the internet that, that your favorite course is the black course at Beth page. Is that, is that true? Yeah, absolutely. So how, how, uh, how often have you played there? Just like a few times or once? Uh, I've probably got 10 to 15 rounds in there. Um, the New York state open is hosted there every year and I played right. there probably, I think I played that tournament three or four times. Uh, and that's a 54 hole event you know, with a practice round and stuff. So I've played there a number of times. It's, I always tell people it's, it's the most difficult, but most fair golf course I've ever played. Right. I mean, yeah, we're obviously very familiar with that course because um, we're all from Connecticut. So um, we try okay. to make the trip down there. Um, and we play. played there once and it was not yeah. kind to any of us. So. <laughs> it was not. Um, uh, definitely not. I don't yeah. think anybody goes around there without getting beat up at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we didn't even, track. We didn't even play the tips, so that, that goes to show. I mean, as an amateur golfer, that first tee shot, it, like with the like everything is behind you, like people are just walking by, like looking at you, and like we're all just standing on the first tee, just like shitting our pants because like it's like like we don't want to shank the ball, like we don't, we just want to put it in play. So yeah, um, definitely an interesting experience for an amateur, at least. Yeah, it's a cool place. I mean, it's always in good shape too. At least every time I've played there, and and. uh it's nice that they don't allow carts you know everybody has to walk and stuff like that it really helps with the course conditions mm -hmm. and uh it's just a cool experience i like it out there a lot so i guess my question would be what's your favorite hole and also what's your what's your best score there uh my best score i shot 67 in the final round one year of that tournament um my favorite hole what's is it 14, 13, the par five on the back nine. Let's see, 10, 11, 12. I think it's 13. 
it kind of it's a little dog leg right off the tee and then it kind of turns a little back to the left oh right 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 Here's yes oh, there we go <laughs> we got guest here <laughs> sorry um, yeah i am familiar with that one that one's hard i feel, I feel yeah. like i yeah yeah i feel like i ended up in those right bunkers um, uh, you ever been there out? i've been yeah. in pretty uh pretty nasty spots around that golf course i remember i think the first year i played the tournament on 15 uh the pin was in the front so 15 is a dog leg left up the hill mm-hmm. uh, oh i know that one yeah I plugged in the face of the front bunker and it, I, I'm pretty sure it took me four shots to get out. I think I made oh it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that, that's one of the, I mean, I remember obviously it plays differently during a major, but I remember the rough was specifically deep on that hole uh, during like the, what was it 2019 PGA that they had it there? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I, feel right. like, I feel like that was playing as one of the hardest holes that uh, during that, but that, yeah, that's definitely a tough hole. Yeah, it's just it's kind of an awkward angle off the tee. You really you have to hit a draw um, to kind of comfortably get it into that fairway. And if you don't hit it in the fairway, it's you got to lay it up because if you try to advance it up near the green, it you could get yourself into some trouble pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so speaking of you know venues, kind of like Beth Page, um, Joe is telling me how he caddied for you at Pebble um, in twenty ten. And he mentioned a, a story, he told me a story um, involving Phil Mickelson, like telling you to, to hit before him or something like that. And like, well, there's a big gallery. Uh, do you want to tell that story? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to, let's see. I think we were on the, where were we? I think we were on the 16th green, maybe. And Mickelson was on the third hole and hit just like this awful wayward drive, you know, no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he was like somewhere near our green or something like that. And I was getting ready to maybe to putt or I can't remember, but he kind of like looked at me and pointed at me to go. And I was like, oh, no, no, you, you go, you go. I, you know, the crowd, there's tons of people, like you said, it was, uh, it was a kind of cool, it was a cool memory. Um, but yeah, he, he, he wanted me to go first and I'm like, no, sir. F- F- <laughs> I mean, that, that's Phil for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he seems like a good guy. I haven't met him or mm-hmm. spoken to him personally, but uh, he was yeah. a, a gentleman out there on the course for doing that. But uh, right. I definitely uh, let him play away first. <laughs> yes. So uh, you played, so you played obviously Beth Page, love Beth Page. You played Pebble and you played Wingfoot this past fall. Uh, what what is the toughest course? Like, do you, would you say Beth Page is still the toughest course you've ever played, or is uh, is Wingfoot up there? What what's your opinion on that? The course setup for Wingfoot being a U.S. Open is probably the most difficult I've ever played. Um, mm-hmm. Beth Page with the same conditions and the same kind of rough. That's a tough call to to, to pick one that's more difficult than the other. Um, I don't know. It, the rough was just so gnarly at Wingfoot that it was, I mean, yeah. you could miss a fairway by a foot and have to hit a wedge down the fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I never experienced that at Beth page, you know, the New York state open, they had it set up fairly difficult, but the rough wasn't stupid. Mm-hmm. You could actually advance it up near the green. Yeah. I mean, Wingfoot, I, I, I remember I missed a fairway. I was like, I was literally two inches off the first cut. And if I was in the first cut, I would have been fine. 
but since I was in the rough, I had two fourteen to the hole on a par four, and I had to hit sand wedge down the fairway. I'm like, this is this is crazy. <laughs> so, would you say that Beth Page was is set up like more fair, like you said, than than Wingfoot might have been? Um, I guess uh, the, the greens at Wingfoot are insane. Uh, I mean the, the 18th green, I, you can't really tell on TV, but it looks in the front of that green, it looks like there's a school bus buried in the front. Uh, Beth page, I think is a bit more difficult from T to green. And once you get on the greens at Beth page, they're pretty flat with the exception of a couple. So around Beth page, if you can hit it in the fairway off the tee, I think you can score a little bit better. Um, the greens at wing foot are significantly more difficult uh, and couple that with how nasty the rough was. That's definitely the hardest setup I've ever seen. Um, if I played both on an average day with a typical like member setup, I think that page is probably harder. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking, so- speaking of the 18th green uh, uh, wing foot, um, and I was watching it uh, like when you were playing and, you know, like when something happens, obviously they like switch to switch to people and all that stuff. And like they switched to you and I'm like, oh, he must have hit a great shot here. Um, and you end up holding out in the 18th hole. So, I mean, where does that rank among like your career shots and stuff like that? Like, is that the best moment of your career? Or is there something else that's happened to you? Uh, it's probably the most publicized. Uh, you know, that was, that was awesome. I couldn't even see it go in, you know, that's how elevated the green was. There was probably 20 or 30 volunteers behind the green. That's the only way I could tell. Uh, but you know, I had some friends record it and they sent it to me so I could watch it after the fact. And you know, that was, that's really, really special. Um, best moment of my career. I I wouldn't say it's the best moment of my career, but it's, you know, it's one heck of a memory. That's for sure. If not a moment, definitely one of the better shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was under the circumstances. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah. Um, what else, uh, Greg? Did you well, want to see off the top of my head before we get into the last question? Um, I feel like I would like to ask pro golfers this question: uh, How many hole in ones do you have in your life? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have eight. I have eight holes oh in one, God. and <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> great. Any uh, double eagles? I've got one double eagle. It, it wasn't in a tournament. Uh, it's just at my home course down here in Florida. Uh, a bunch of years ago now, I hit. I hold a three wood from I don't know two fifty ish, and honestly, it wasn't even that good of a shot. I kind of got up there and was looking in the bunkers around the, the green on this par five, and the hole happened to be the last place I looked, and sure enough, it was in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was pure luck, absolute luck. What do you just like run it up there or? Yeah. You know, I kind of, the, the hole itself kind of dog legs a little bit around some trees. So you can't, you can't see the green. And I just kind of hit like a little bit of a, uh, a flat toe draw. Uh, and the pin mm-hmm. was in front and you know, it, was, it came in kind of low, kind of hot. And I'm like, it's gotta be, I didn't see it in the front bunker. And I'm like, okay, it's gotta be in the back bunker. And it wasn't there. And there was a pitch mark. I don't know, a step or two onto the green and the pin was in front. And I'm like, oh, maybe it got, maybe it went in the hole. And sure enough, we go up and look at the hole and it was in the hole. Yeah. That's awesome. Kind of like a dream. Yeah. Um, was, <laughs> I said, it was, it wasn't that good of a shot. It was so lucky. 
Um, so every week on the podcast, we do something called the Monday hypothetical. And pretty much we go on our Instagram, we ask a question to um, the followers and they like, you know, they comment and respond. Um, and since this week you grew up in Syracuse, um, obviously Syracuse is known for like their colder weather. So the Monday hypothetical this week was, uh, what's the coldest weather you've played golf in and like what weather is too cold to play golf in? Coldest weather. Uh, I can distinctly remember it. It was, uh, I was playing a college tournament. Uh, I think it was my freshman year. We were in ocean city, Maryland. So we were actually quite a bit further South than Syracuse, but, uh, the golf course was right on the ocean or right on the water. I don't know if it was the ocean or not. Uh, and it was probably 32 degrees and blowing 20, 25 miles an hour. It was so terrible out there. It was so terrible. One of the guys, I can't remember what school he was from, but he quit after 13 holes. <laughs> uh, he, he just walked off the golf course. I was, I was stunned. I've never seen, uh, anybody in a college event just quit playing and walked off the golf course. So I can't imagine he, he traveled to the next event after that, but, uh, uh, that was that was a unique experience. It was absolutely miserable out there. How'd you play but, in that? How'd you play in that event? Uh, I actually won that event. I <laughs> okay, so you're so cold cold weather guy right there. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I tell people is, is when we get to a tournament and the conditions, the weather conditions are really bad. I tend to uh, do pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of these southern boys, they've never seen anything like that. So when uh, sure. when it's really nasty out there, I, I tend to kind of buckle down and. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy playing in that kind of stuff anymore, but, uh, I tend to do okay. I've had some really good tournaments in some just awful weather. So. Would you say you're a good wind player? Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, South Florida is extremely windy in the wintertime, especially. And, um, I've been living down here for 10, 12 years now. And if you can't, if you don't figure out how to play in the wind down here, you're going to, you're going to struggle. Um, and I've played many tours for years down here, so uh, I've, I've learned to play in some pretty nasty wind. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, uh, this week. That means a lot to us. Um, hey, time, guys. good talking to you. Yeah. You guys too. Take care. Yep. Yep. Thank thanks. You. you got it guys. Thanks. I heard yep. it. thanks for coming on. Yeah. My pleasure. I heard it snowed up there today. Is that, is that true? Or? Yeah. It's snowed overnight. <laughs> yeah. But then right. it's, it's supposed to be 70 in a few days. So I don't, it's bipolar weather. Sounds like Syracuse. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Yep. All right, thanks. Thanks, thanks. Again. Yep. Take care. All right. So thank you to Danny McCarthy for coming on to the podcast this week. That's our first that's our first tour player. Yeah, pretty much. I mean Corn Ferry Tour, but he has played some events on PJ Tour, played in the yeah. US Open this year. US Open. Year. He's played in, um, in, played in US Open like, in 2010. US He's played the best two US Open like venues. I, I, like, I would agree. Arguably, yeah. I would agree. Um, so yeah. that, yeah, that was good. Um, it's always great to see like what their life is like kind of on a day when they're not playing golf. Um, we were kind of talking about it after, like, he's like, Oh yeah, I get to go. Like I play golf, like work out in the morning, go work on my game a little bit, just kind of like play nine holes at the end of the day out, and chill. then like, hang out, chill. I'm like, that sounds fantastic. The fact that he has eight hole in ones is just like, I don't like, do you even like, celebrate anymore after like you still do that? Like, <laughs> I mean, you probably like, sell it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you still gotta but, celebrate. Uh, you still gotta buy drinks for everyone, but like, it's just I, I don't know. If I, 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 I'm, I'm always curious to see like like that question. Like that's a question that we should ask every like like if we oh, ever yeah. have a golfer, a great like more pro golfers on. Like we got to ask everybody because like I you you play golf every day for like I don't know like twenty years, thirty years. Like 
depending on how old you are. It's going like, to happen. It's going to happen. So, I mean, maybe probably still not. It's no, it's, it's great. Like the guy at, uh, my club service spring, the best player at our club has never had a hole in one. Yeah. So I'm curious to, to see the answer to that question, um, for other pros. Um, yeah. like do people not have hole in ones? I don't know. Yeah. And any, any confusion as to what we were kind of talking about, um, like of how we got him on, he's like best friends with one of the guys I work with. And, um, he like caddied him in, in, in 2010 at the, at, at Pebble. Uh, cool. and he played golf at Lemoyne, which is right next to Syracuse. Lemoyne golf, low key. They're like one of the top D2 programs in golf. Which is crazy because really? they're based in Syracuse, New York. No, right? yeah, it's like, it's, it's crazy. And <laughs> it's, the, it's the coach, the coach is my boss's dad. And like these kids, okay. I, I, I've, I've seen some of them play because like they play at some of these like junior tour events for like, you know, like the 20 and up division. And uh, at that point, it's not really junior, but they're still there. And they're, they're posting pretty low scores. I will say we never really got on, like we never really asked him about like how he, like what his grind was to get to where he is now. Because like obviously he went to a D2 golf, like Lemoyne. Um, I saw that he played on like the Canadian like tour and stuff like that, like the McKenzie tour. Um, obviously the corn fairy tour now. Um, yeah. We talked more about some like yeah. bigger picture stuff, but yeah, yeah, it was good interview. Great yeah. interview. That was very nice. So let's get into betting. Um, do right. you want to talk a little bit about the course? So um, <laughs> I got nothing in the dock here, so that's going to be interesting. Um, Houston open Memorial park golf course. Um, was kind of doing a little bit of a read up on it. Um, very cl- uh, similar to the, to the Sherwood Creek where Zozo was, right? Yeah, similar to Sherwood, but um, longer. It's 7432. It's par 72. There's a couple of really long holes. There's a 625-yard um, par 5, which is the 8th. Um, there's going to be a 237-yard par 3, which is the 11th. Um, and they're saying that the hardest hole might be the 18th hole, which is a 503-yard par 4. Um, kind of like there, there's not a bunch of bunkers on this course. Um, kind of from the, they said um, the architect took advice from Brooks Kepka, who said um, to like take out some of the bunkers in front of the greens and kind of make these uh, like little like undulations and like grassy air collection areas instead of bunkers. So um, not as many bunkers. Um, I guess, I mean, the rough's going to be, it's not going to be U.S. Open rough, but it's going to be somewhat tough. I mean, I think hitting the fairway is kind of important this week. Um, obviously, like the accurate like lawn hitters, it always play like every course plays to those players. Like if you are a good ball striker who hits the ball on, like you obviously have the biggest advantage. But right. um, a hot putter could could easily win this tournament this week. So um, I would look into that. Okay, so high salary guys. Off the top of my head, I think you know Tony Finau. He's played. He played well at uh, at the Zozo. He's a, he's a long hitter. Right. I feel like this is a tournament that you know obviously is the Puerto Rican curse, but I feel like he's True. he's obviously ceiling like he has a very high ceiling. He's he's good for like a top five. A very like talk about long long hitter long hitter course like this. That's the definition of a long hitter. Yeah. Um, I would say Tyro Hatton is never a bad pick. I agree. I mean, he play, he's been playing pretty well. I mean, Sherwood wasn't his best. Um, also, T twenty eight, but low key Tony Fino always plays great at the Masters. So you could say like he's kind of like trying to peak at the right time. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's a different time of year. He always plays well at the Masters. So maybe he's trying to peak and get his, get his game back into it. 
It yeah. also could be some players might not play well as well because they maybe they're like Dustin Johnson's just trying to figure out his game after not playing for a couple of weeks. So speaking we'll of which, speaking of Masters, we got beating the bookie on next week probably. So I feel like we're, you guys always are, love. We are sure. one week away from Masters week. Like yeah, that's crazy. that's slept on. That is, it it I mean, doesn't we'll even like feel it like it's Masters. Yeah, but like I can't, I cannot wait. I it's cannot be wait. Awesome. We'll talk about that more next week. Obviously, well, probably a really like a, not a really long, but like a longer episode for mm-hmm. you guys. Those always seem to do very well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, our, our first Masters as a podcast. Yeah, I know. Sure. And also, that's true. That's, I, I didn't think about that. That's crazy. Thir- Thursday's the official one year anniversary of the podcast. So oh, even wait, we, we Thursday, Thursday, next Thursday on Wednesday or Thursday, I would assume. Um, okay, so this week awesome um, be sure to on november 5th if you, uh, whenever that is for when you're listening um well it's still november 5th i guess either way but uh you wish us a happy happy annie on the instagram <laughs> so sure. let's get into the, the picks i'll go um, first yeah go ahead. Or i guess i guess we can mention real quick again week. brian gay oh wait no i didn't pick him you didn't pick him you, you kind of you had him written down but ryan armor i picked and he came t- top 10 i think but fabian gomez got cut um, I had. Who did we I all we, we we all had one guy who played really well. Um, I had Stuart Sank who finished uh, T four. T four. I had Max Homa who did not miss the cut, even though he's been playing terrible. Finished T thirty four. That's not bad. I'll take it. Um, Stuart Sank was very undervalued last week. I feel like, but he was seventy eight hundred's not that undervalued. It's like a very like middle of the road. Uh, like, I just thought he'd be like in the eight thousand eight thousands for like just based on his form. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and then Trev had Sepp Straku came T21. So I guess I'll start. Um, I got Alex Norn at that 7,800 we were just talking about. I feel like it's a very like base, like good, good value pick, but still like, you know, a good player. Would you say so? 7,800? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's in good form right now. Just came 17th in the Zozo. Same in the US Open. He was 17th solo. Um, he's just, he's been playing well recently. And I feel like, this is a course that it's not like I'm trying to think like one of those easier courses where you really don't know who's who's going to play well, who's not. I feel like you can you can uh, bet on Alex Norton to, to play well. Right. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with the person I picked to win last week, Doc Redman. He finished T fourth last week. Um, had had a pretty good week. Uh, was the the leader going into the final round. Um, didn't play that well on Sunday. I kind of just played like even par golf, which honestly seems to be the story with everybody that I picked to win, but um, they're always in great position to win. And then they just play like even par on the last day, which doesn't do it. But um, he's been playing well T4 last week. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like he's due for a win. Um, he, I mean, like in a lot of those smaller tournaments, we say like, wow, like we always pick Doc Redman because he's always up there. He's always finishing top 10. Um, uh, finished T3 at the Safeway Open, uh, T28 to Sanderson. So, I mean, he's a guy that's on good form. He's a good ball striker. Not the longest hitter, but he's accurate. Um, great with his approach shots. Um, Doc Redman, 8,800, kind of like that high middle tier. Um, I feel like he'll play well. I'm surprised he's that. I guess like the field's a little better this week. I'm surprised he's that low that's considering why. how he's playing. Uh, so I'll go my first pick. I picked Danny McCarthy to win, la- Denny McCarthy to win last week. And my top twenty at best bet both hit or didn't win, but he was close. Um, he played a solid, solid last week. He's one of the best putters, and there's a lot of you can 
there's a lot of par threes, par fives this week, so you can, there's a lot of variation of who could play well. So I think uh, McCarthy has a good chance at 7,900. I think the way he's playing could be a solid pick. And then I have, I'm tripling down on Russell Henley this week. You'll hear more about that later. But 9,400, really high, pretty high salary, but he's four top tens in his last six starts, two top fives in his last two, finished third at the Zozo, I think, fourth at Zozo, third at CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. Uh, hasn't finished worth worse than 27th since the PGA all the way back in the beginning of August. He's eighth in strokes gain approach this year, third last year, eighth in strokes gain off the tee, the tee to green this year, 14th last year, and seventh in strokes gain total this year, 21st last year. Yeah, he also so sits he, eighth. He also sits eighth in scrambling and greens and regulations. So he's so he's there. he's a good like. 9400 for those stats and that those trends I think is an absolute steal. Uh even though he's one of the higher one of the higher salaries I think he could he could I think I really think he could win and definitely get you some uh big points in your lineup this week. Nice. Um okay, so with my second pick um I'm going to go a little bit more value here. I'm going to go with Maverick McNeely at 6900. Um, he finished T21 last week, which is not too bad, um, considering he was probably a lower salary guy. Um, week be- before that, he finished T17 as a Sanderson. So once again, that's a pretty good finish. Um, if you could get another t- top 20, top 25 out of uh, Maverick McNeely at 6,900, I think that's a pretty good score, and that's a guy that you might want in your lineup. Yeah. Um, and then to cap mine off, I feel like I've been going with the value recently. Like I, I haven't picked anybody really high um but i got keegan bradley at 7200 he's risky um but you know he's one of those guys that can come out of nowhere and just like play very well at a tournament would you say mm-hmm. yeah definitely he's I definitely mean, he's he could, one of the guys come out of nowhere and play being the bookie loves him like at at first round leader value a lot because he's just really a is volatile the word is he a volatile? yeah, that, yeah. That, that's probably that's probably a good, good yeah. description of it um you know he, he He's in pretty good form. He, I think he was forty first in the in the uh, CJ Cup, and uh, he came uh, solo fourth at the Sanderson. So, I feel like he's a very risk reward uh, guy this week. That those are the kind of guys you need in a DraftKings lineup sometimes if you're really trying to make big money and not just be in that first tier of of money, which I feel mm-hmm. like that's what you're right. usually in. Um, but yeah, so that's it for for DFS. I'm getting into betting now. Um, we did pretty well with our winners, not me, but, uh, but I hit my, my, uh, best bet. So point systems, five for me, five for Jeek, six for Trev. Trev also hit close, his top 20. Close right now. I did. Yep. Yep. Brennan Ta was a disappointment last week for, oh, for your winner and for my top 20, but, um, I was blazing hot before that. So we'll have to get back on track. So, um, for my winner this week, I'm going to go Tony Finau for the same reasons. I like him as, as the, um, as a high salary guy in DFS, I mean, long hitter played well at, at the Zozo. I feel like he's, you know, like Trevor said, peaking in the right time. Um, he's plus eighteen hundred, so that's that's not bad value for for, for a tournament like this. There's actually a pretty good field. Um, and then my best bets: Corey Connors top twenty at plus two fifty. I'm going for the for the uh, double points again. Feel like he's a good ball striker. Also played well at the Zozo. Not that I'm putting like a ton of stock into that, but like he's playing well recently. He's uh, always been an uh, elite ball striker since the return of the tour, especially. Uh, so that's what I'm going with. 
Nice. Um, so I'm going to go with my winner this week. I'm going to go Scotty Scheffler plus 2,200. Um, his last event he played at Sherwood, um, uh, the Zozo, he finished T17th, um, and he actually led the field in strokes gain off the tee there. So, I mean, once again, he's a guy who could hit it far um, and accurate. So, And that's kind of the type of guy that I'm looking for this week, someone who could hit it long and accurate, um, avoid the rough. Um, before he had COVID, um, which made him miss out on the U.S. Open, um, he was kind of on a heater before that. I mean, coming on this year up until the Zozo hasn't been that great, but he's tuning up for a major. Um, I'm sure he wants to play well in the major like everybody. Um, he played well at the PGA this year. Um, I mean, he was on a heater before uh, at the end of the 2020 season, so I'm kind of looking for him to get that form back. Um, a fifth at the Tour Championship, T20 at the BMW, T4th at the Northern Trust, T4th at the PGA. I mean, he's a quality player, um, and he's the exact type of golfer I look, I look for in a winner this week, so I'm going to go Scotty Scheffler. And then for my uh, my best bet, Tony Fina, top 20, um, who actually turned out to be Pat's winner, um, plus 110. I mean, I feel like he's been on fire lately. Um, plus 110 is pretty good for a Tony Fina top that 20. Good. Seemingly yeah, has know. finished top 20 every week. Um, might even sprinkle a top 10 on him this week, but I'm looking to get that point, so top 20 Tony Fino. all right so like I said tripling down Russell Henley so I'll go Russell Henley is my winner plus 1600 like I said four top 10s last six starts so he's due for he's due for a win the way he's playing uh arguably probably the hottest player in the field this week so I like that and he's not even the main favorite so I like that value a lot and best bet Russell Henley top 30 minus 137 I feel like minus one thirty seven is like the last thing, last like step before you get to minus one forty. It's like ah, that's not as good. Exactly. Yeah. I see the minus one thirty. I like it. Those top twenty, top thirty bets are always minus one thirty seven. I don't know yeah, why it's minus one thirty seven, but they're always minus one thirty. They are. And and, right. and this this guy hasn't finished worse than twenty seven since yeah, August. Let's, let's hope you don't curse like Russell Henley. This yeah. Time. No. 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 Like, no. Like, no. Like, my luck. You tripled down on him, and then I'm he played terrible. And like, want to hear something? Play well, the rest of the year. Want to hear yeah. something? First round leaders. First one I'm going with. Russell. Henley. Russell Henley. <laughs> Russell Henley. We love. We are Russell. Like we this. are. This Fade is argu- Russell this Henley. Is, this is this is arguably like this is the early contention for player of the year, pin high player of the year already. I mean, he's definitely in third. Thirty three hundred. He's definitely like. He's on the bubble because since we haven't like talked about him before this, but yeah, but like now that I now mean, that we did this, for, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the no. other first round leader, I think I, I, think I got a good one. Sky Shepherd would be a good one, but I think I'm gonna sprinkle Sergio Garcia. Plus, okay, uh, he's been he could he could post an eight under. He won an event a couple weeks ago. I think he could get hot. Um, long hitter. Um, I mean, if he gets hot with the putter, you never. I mean, look out for Sergio plus forty five hundred. Okay. I mean, yeah. Masters is coming up next week. I mean, yeah, that's Sergio true. He's, Masters. he's trying to peak too. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I I would. I don't know. I kind of just a random pick, but I like it. Yeah. All right, so let's move into birdies and bogeys to cap off the week. Um, bogeys, birdies, birdies. I went to Cooperstown this this week. This weekend, I saw that. Yeah, it was absolutely dope. I mean, I've been. It was the first time. I I realized like this. Is, we're actually getting somewhat old. Because I was like, wow, I haven't been here in nine years. And I was still only 12. I was still like already 12. So I, been there. I don't know. But I haven't been there. Uh, I don't I've ever been there. It's a dope, it's a dope town. The Hall of Fame's obviously cool, but like we also went to like a distillery, got some some That's like whiskey cool, yeah. called Spitball. 
It was awesome. It was like cinnamon spice whiskey. That's an all, that's an all time name for an alcoholic. Oh yeah, it's because it's in Cooperstown. It's at the Cooperstown Distillery. Um, but yeah, shout out to Cooperstown Distillery. You can order some some of the, some of their stuff online. Like Spitball, I will recommend. It's like a way better Fireball. Interesting. So like, I feel like this big golfing drink too. Fireball, like at the turn, like taking Fireball shots. So, if any of you guys are looking for a new. May or, alcohol. I may or may not. I feel like I did that one time when we played I, it. Until I ripped. Uh, I ripped some of those shots on Halloween on Saturday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a cool trip. There was also a cool brewery we went to. Bogies. We don't even get a bogies, but uh, I don't know. I, I lost money, I guess, this week in, in DFS. Some because uh, I also did a ten dollar uh, NFL one. Oh uh, yeah. Tough. Um, I'll so, go. I'll, I'll go next on go mine. Ahead, My bogey i mean i played golf more recently but my friends have beaten me because they're uh scheming me out of gain stroke i lost sandbagging. they're sandbagging you they're sandbagging me and it's it's pissing me off because I, I can't argue with them because i'll just freak out but uh they will they're sandbagging me and i keep losing and it's getting really annoying so but we're, but we're all but i guess a birdie allies we're playing tomorrow morning nine o'clock eight of us going out it'll be 18 holes no classes tomorrow because election day uh so it'll be oh i need to vote it'll remember, be everybody remember to vote yes <laughs> even though this comes out on wednesday yeah <laughs> ah well hopefully um, hopefully we, remember we, to vote. you voted for one yeah which, you know probably won't considering not everybody can win yeah right. um but i'm looking forward to playing tomorrow a lot be a lot of fun and then uh we're one week away from Masters Week. I can't stop saying it, but it's, it's, it's finally starting to get into my head. And like, it really like, still hasn't got it. It's like it hey, hasn't next week. It's it's literally, it's literally just now starting. I'm just now starting to realize the that Masters are next week, and it's gonna be amazing. I yeah, it's crazy. You should have a Masters party. <laughs> you I'm, I'm definitely. Problem is, my friends are gonna. What's what's what attire would you wear to a Masters part uh, to, to a Masters party? Uh, red like, red shirt, black <laughs> red pants. shirt, black pants. <laughs> Or would you wear like all white? Would you all, wear white, all white? All white would be cool. All white would be cool. White and green. Just, you can just wear, wear, wear your golf Halloween. Fit. No, okay. So you can either wear white and green or black and red. It's <laughs> yes. one of the two. One or the other. On on, on Halloween, I'll have I'll have a solid red shirt. I did. I really debated going to Dick's and buying uh, buying a red shirt and black hat. And they have the TW hat at every like everywhere. I'm, everywhere, I'm so yeah. I, I I really regretted not having a mock turtleneck. For My friend on. On Saturday morning, uh, he's, he's had a Wounded Warriors like 5K mm-hmm. run, and he came into my uh, in my room at like 7 a.m. I'm like gro- so groggy. I'm like, "What's up?" He's like, "Do you have a caddy bib? I want to go." He's like, "A caddy?" I'm like, "No, I don't have a caddy bib, but just hanging in my hanging closet." Around. Not not that committed to the game, but uh, yeah, he ended up running 5K in golf shoes because he went as a golfer. That's oh interesting. God. That so, must be. I was like, dude, respect. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, fuck. If I can't go. Um, okay, so I'll get into my birdie and bogey of the week. Uh, bogey of the week, I ended up getting strep throat this week. And I thought I had COVID on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I was like, I have COVID. Like, this sucks. Like, I had a fever. Like, my throat hurt. Like, whatever. Um, ended up coming home. I got a strep test and a COVID test. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I definitely have COVID. Um. Nope, the strep test test came back positive and the COVID test came back negative. So, um, yeah, birdie of the week. I don't have COVID. Um, Yeah, so I'm just chilling at home right now, hanging with the dog, hopefully going back next week. Um, Got a pretty easy week, so uh, 
yeah it's kind honestly of not gonna lie like once you have covid it's it's like it's such a relief and amazing not to like have to like i don't have to worry about it anymore for, like, i heard i heard uh there's a do you have like a weird taste in your mouth not that, not that i can but think like, of not, 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 nothing not, nothing to really notice no Interesting. I just saw something on TikTok. He but. just has the taste of victory in his mouth. That's it. <laughs> I really <laughs> taste do. Taste of recovery. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, like really, like really, we're all going, like we're all going out a lot more. Like it's like it's a lot of hey, like having hey, good time. We're, hey. We're, hey, we're still wearing masks. We're still wearing masks. Don't, worry. We're still- don't promote. Don't promote. Uh, unsafe. No, no, I'm not. Right. I'm not. partying and everything. <laughs> Although South Carolina, like literally. I saw it's, yeah. it's awful. It's heard herd immunity is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Actually, let's not get into this. <laughs> I mean, whatever they have yeah, us. It on. is yeah. The, the reason I left campus is because like, well, they're gonna put me in like prison if I like actually have COVID. So I was like, you know what? Let's get out of here. Because like they will literally put me in like like a room and just be like, all right, you're stuck there for two weeks. Like, sorry. Um, yeah. And my roommates. So um, yeah, I wasn't trying to do that and they're like yeah. they're they're locking down on it a little bit more because obviously the cases are going up so pro tip to uh end the episode for the listeners don't get covid but if you do at least you can be quarantined while the masters is going on next week true it's true on that yeah, note there could be there could be worse weeks to be quarantined on that's true maybe, maybe but maybe still don't get covid i don't know no 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 yeah. stay healthy <laughs> Still so stay home just, and watch. Just stay don't home get and watch COVID the and still stay home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah don't don't go COVID. Just don't go anywhere and just watch the Masters at home. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It'll be a good week. So on that that's, note, that's, that sounds pretty good week. We'll see you next week. We'll probably have beating the bookie on as always for for a major week. Mm-hmm. We're 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 debating having him on a little bit more often because I feel like you guys like that. But uh, if you guys do want to hear him on the podcast more often than than just majors, because the next major is not till the next Masters in mm-hmm. April, um, let us know. Somehow, Instagram, Twitter, any of them. Uh, Other than that, we'll see you next week.